Welcome to the Crafting and Coffee Podcast with Amy Latta Creations. Let's get inspired. Hi, friends, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 4. I am your hostess, Amy, and I am here today to talk about something that I think you and I probably have in common. If you're unfamiliar with me and what I do, I am uh, the person behind the business Amy Latta Creations. I have a website. I've written several books on hand lettering. Um, In addition to this podcast, um, I do all kinds of crafty things, try to make the world a more beautiful place and teach other folks to do the same. And my guess is that if you are tuning in to a podcast called Crafting and Coffee, you probably have some of the same interests. You're probably a crafter, a creator, an artist of some type. And I want to talk today about one of the pitfalls that folks like us can find ourselves facing, and that is perfectionism. So today's episode is the dangers of perfectionism for creatives. And before we even really dive into this topic, I want to get something out of the way right now, which is the very idea of perfect. Because let me tell you, friends, there is no such thing as a perfect person. There has only ever been one, and you are not him. (laughs) There is also no such thing as the perfect product. And I think that in our quest for excellence, sometimes you and I lose sight of that. Uh, We want our things to be the best that they can be. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with pursuing being better and doing better and making things that are beautiful and that we're pleased with and proud of. However, we need to remember that when we are creating things by hand, part of the inherent identity of that thing is that it's not made by a machine. It's not precisely perfect. Um, When we go to a craft fair, one of the things that's fun is to look at all the little unique variations between products. It's to pick up those bracelets or those wall signs and see which one we like the best, which one is just what we wanted. And you know, we lose that if you think about the difference between shopping for something at Target versus shopping in a boutique where things are handmade or at a craft fair. You'll remember um, what I'm saying here that handmade implies that there's something artisan about it. And we forget in our quest for the perfect project that that lends a lot of the value to a handmade thing. So we want to just put aside right now the idea that anything that we ever create is going to be absolutely perfect. Striving for an unattainable goal, let me tell you, it's enough to make anybody crazy. I think we all know that that's true. And so most of us don't actually expect the things that we make to be quote unquote perfect. But let me tell you what I do think. I think that we turn that perfectionism into just a different form. Instead of striving for perfect, we strive for good enough. And I think as a result, most of us suffer from not good enough-itis. <laughs> Let me tell you why. The first problem with not good enoughism or not good enough-itis is that none of us really have a clearly defined goal for what good enough is. We know it won't be perfect, but what is good enough? We're not sure exactly what the standard is that we're trying to reach, so we start measuring our work against other people's work. Uh, We do this on Instagram. We do this on blogs and on Pinterest. Um, We forget that as we're looking at these other things, first of all, that other person 
might have years of experience and training that we don't have. I can't tell you how often someone will come up to me in a hand lettering workshop and say, oh, mine doesn't look anything like yours. And I have to say to them, look, you've been doing this for half an hour. I've been doing this for years. I have filled sketchbooks with nothing but the alphabet letters. You haven't practiced nearly the number of hours that I have practiced. So of course yours doesn't look like mine today. But it could. The other thing that we forget is that some of these things that we're looking at are photoshopped. Trust me. I'm a blogger. Let me tell you. The photos that you see online are not always 100% real. The lighting is adjusted. Things are cropped out of the background. Um, The other day, I was having fits because I was trying to post a picture. I painted my piano this week. Um, It was a dark wood, and some kiddos came over to visit. Uh, We host a sixth grade Bible study in our house, and some kids had put cups on the piano and created rings on it and kind of ruined the finish. And I'd been toying around with the idea for years, and I finally took the plunge, painted it turquoise, and I was taking pictures for the blog, and I realized as I was editing those photos that my son's Legos were visible in the background. And so I tried and tried and tried to edit out these Legos. And in some of the pictures, I was able to do it. But there was one picture, it's sort of an angular view from the side where if you know what you're looking at, off to the side of the piano, you will notice um, the little pinnacles on the top of the Hogwarts castle because he had his Hogwarts Lego set set up on the dining room floor. And that's just the reality of it. You know, you look at things that are curated. They are perfectly photographed by sometimes professionals, sometimes by amateurs who edit the photos to make them look professional. And what you're left with is an unrealistic standard. I have photos up in that same piano post of my living room, absolutely free of clutter, gorgeous, beautiful, but what you don't see is all the stuff that I had to throw into the hallway because it was sitting on my living room floor. There's Lego Boost and the Lego chest, lots and lots of Legos. We had a very Lego Christmas this year, Um, but lots of things. You know, I made sure that I didn't photograph the part of the room that has the cat bed and the cat scratching post and the cat's toys and the cat himself. So... What you're looking at online, you're looking at a standard of perfectionism or a standard of good enough that isn't reality. So keep that in mind too, that what you're trying to measure up to isn't really what exists. We look at our projects, friends, and we see all of the flaws that make it in our eyes not good enough. And I'm here today to tell you that this kind of perfectionism is absolutely detrimental to creatives like us because it leads to one of, if not all, of these three things that we're going to talk about. First, it keeps us from trying. Second, it keeps us from finishing. And third, it keeps us from sharing. And all three of those are really not good things. These are not things that we want to emulate in our creative lives. So first, let's talk about how perfectionism or not good enough-itis keeps us from trying. So I need to back up to before I was a blogger, when I was a ballroom dance instructor. This is before my son was born and um, I had what I thought then was the best job in the world. I now know that this is the best job in the world, but at the time I loved what I was doing. Um, And I had these great couples come in, but you know, 90% of the time when I would tell 
anyone, just somebody on the street or the dentist or whoever asked me, oh, what do you do for a living? They would always reply, ha, better you than me. I have two left feet. I can't tell you how many times I heard something just like that. Everybody I talked to was quick to declare themselves incapable of dancing. They'd say, oh, I've got no rhythm or I, I could never do that. But I tell you for a fact, several of the couples that I taught who ended up enjoying dance the most were the ones who struggled the most. They were the ones who absolutely could not hear the rhythm without me counting it loudly every single beat, every single measure. I had to clap along. I had one couple where I physically got down on the floor and picked up the woman's foot and tapped her foot to the beat of the music. These were the ones who sometimes mixed up their right and their left. But you know what? These are the ones who made it a lifelong hobby. They went to all kinds of dances. They learned everything they could, and they loved every minute of it. They weren't the ones who were naturally talented. They weren't the ones that it came easy to, but they loved it. So how does this apply to us as artists? It's exactly the same. One of the things I hear on a regular basis from people who see various things that I've made is, oh, I love that, but I could never do it. And so they don't try. But my question for them, and for you, if you've thought this, is how do you know? I've shared with you before in a previous podcast the story of my sweet mother-in-law who thought that she didn't have an ounce of craftiness or creativity, and she envied that in me. She wanted to be creative but thought that she couldn't, and all it took was sitting down together, and she gave rubber stamping a try and realized that it was easier than she thought. She was hooked from that day on, and she realized that she was capable of making beautiful things after all. And since then, she's tried all kinds of other creative outlets, some that she likes better than others, but she realized that she was selling herself short. So what is it that you would love to do if you knew for sure that you would succeed? I know that there are lots of things out there in the art world that seem intimidating. I know personally, I'm super intimidated by the idea of quilting, just because of my own personality. I'm a little bit more of a free spirit. I just kind of get something in my head and then I go do it. And for me then, all the cutting and the measuring, and I don't math, guys, I don't math. Um, So the idea of all the measurements and being super precise, it stresses me out because I'm afraid of messing up and then the whole quilt's just going to be a hot mess. But that's my perfectionism talking. It's me saying, I'm not good enough, and I can't do what these other people do. And, you know, it gets in the way of us taking risks because we're afraid to fail. We're afraid that what we do won't be good enough if we try. And that, friends, is the enemy of creativity. Because you know what? Whatever we would end up with, no matter how messy, if we gave it a go, it's far better than the big fat nothing that we have to show for it when we never even try. A couple of years ago, actually, gosh, probably eight years ago now, I decided I was going to try to make like a quilted blanket and it was just squares, nothing but same size squares because I wanted to make a blanket for my son's bed. It was stressful and it's not perfect because my cutting and my measurements weren't perfect. Big surprise. But you know what? I made it and he loved it. It was his blankie. He used it on his toddler bed. He carried it around. He absolutely wore it out. He didn't care that it wasn't perfect. 
he actually picked out the fabrics himself. We had a little trip to Joanne Fabrics and he pointed to the things he liked and I made the blanket and it was like I gave him a treasure. And I did, honestly. It was something that I made for him and he still has it. And, you know, that is so much better, so much greater than if I had said, this is just too hard, so I'm not even going to try. Then he would have nothing. I would have nothing. But instead, he has something that his mama made with love. So what, friends, if we create something that isn't perfect? It's not going to be perfect anyway, remember? The process can still be fun. We can have a blast learning how to do something, no matter what it turns out to look like. We can thoroughly enjoy mastering or just trying a new skill. So let's say that we do go ahead and give it a try. We tell perfectionism no, we win that battle, we try. But you know what? The fight's not over because that same not good enough-itis likes to rear its ugly head in the middle of our projects to keep us from finishing. And you know what I'm talking about here. Have you ever started a project and it just wasn't going the way that you planned? The thing that was in front of you was not shaping up to be what was in your mind when you started. Maybe it didn't really look like the Pinterest photo that you saved on your phone. We've all been there. It happens. Craft fails are a reality. And you know, at that point, the little voice in our heads wants to jump in and say, well, you might as well stop. You might as well trash it. That's not good enough. Perfectionism tells us that our result isn't going to measure up, so we ought to just throw in the towel before we waste more time and energy. It tells us that no matter how many practice drills we do, our lettering is never going to look like those people we follow on Instagram. It tells us that we've already made a mess of that project, so we ought to just put it in our bin of unfinished things and go do something we're better at. Can I just say to you right now that that little voice is a big fat liar? Guys, there are a few things that are more rewarding than finishing well, finishing something you started. Whether or not it turns out the way you planned is secondary. In fact, true story, some of my favorite projects have been things that I had to change mid-course because they weren't what I had in mind. I've had projects where I was weaving something and I ran out of the yarn that I was using. So I had to improvise and switch things up and add a different kind or color of yarn. I've had times where I was sewing something and I ran out of fabric, so I had to improvise and substitute and do something else. I have cut things the wrong size. I have been assembling furniture and put drawers on backward and upside down. I have even nailed a project to the deck. I told you that story last time. Mistakes happen. What matters, though, is how we handle them. Do we let that not good enough-itis win, or do we persevere and finish? Because I think that sometimes at the end of the day, we forget that the things that we create aren't getting graded. We have this mentality that it has to measure up to this impossible or, you know, invisible standard. But why? There's no report card at the end. There's no blue ribbon. There's no gold medal. We're not going to be in trouble with the principal or with our mom and dad if our project isn't perfect. In fact, remember, because it's handmade, we're going into the process knowing there's no such thing as a perfect product. That's the beauty of art. So why are we so hard on ourselves? The only evaluation is the one that we're giving. So let's show ourselves some grace and say, you know what? You did it. You finished. Thumbs up. Congratulations on a job well done. 
And with that in mind, let's look at the final way that perfectionism tries to stomp on our creativity. So let's say that we finished. We tried it. We did it. But then that not good enough-itis just can't leave well enough alone. And it whispers in our ear to keep us from sharing what we did. Now, as you might know, I have a website, amylattacreations.com. I have my books. I have this podcast. I have accounts on all the various social media platforms. But one of my favorite things that I have and run is my Facebook group, which is called Amy Latta and Friends. And that is, and you know, you have to request to join. And of course, I'll approve you. But once you get in there, there's... um. About 3,000, I think, people in there now, but a smaller group of really active folks. And what it is, is a place for us to share inspiration, to ask and answer questions, and to interact as real people who have the common interest of being artists, being crafters. And you know what? Every week we have a thread where we say, it's show and tell time, show us what you're working on. And at any time, Anyone in the group has the freedom to post a picture of what they're working on to show us or to ask for suggestions, um, to show before and after pictures. And I absolutely love that show and tell thread. It's one of my favorite things all week is to see what people are sharing, the things that they've created, whether it's a lettered sign, a crochet shawl, a decorated cake, a furniture makeover. Because for me and for everybody else on there too, it's so fun to see other people's creativity at work. It inspires me and we inspire each other. Everyone has different styles and different ideas, different talents and different um, types of projects that they like to make. And it's so cool to see all those things. And I get so encouraged. But then I get a little bummed because I know that for every person who shares a picture, There are a hundred others who don't because they're afraid that their stuff doesn't measure up. That voice in their heads is saying, well, yours doesn't look that good. That thing that you're working on, yeah, people would laugh if you put that up there. And it makes us keep our creativity to ourselves. It's the voice that makes us leave the sign that we painted in our craft room instead of hanging it on the front door where our neighbors and our friends can see it. It's what causes us to create a gift for a friend, but then chicken out and not actually give it. Just this last, I guess, week or two in that Facebook group that I was talking about, there were two different ladies who shared images of things that they had lettered as gifts. Um, And along with those pictures, they had disclaimers that they wanted to know whether or not to actually give the gift because they weren't personally satisfied with how it had turned out. They were like, how can I make this better? I don't love what I did. I don't think I'm even going to gift it. And you know what? They were so afraid that their work wasn't good enough. But in reality, both pieces were gorgeous. And anyone would have loved to receive them. We are our own worst critics. And we see far more mistakes and faults in our own work than anybody else ever will. What I did love was seeing how supportive the rest of the group was. People were commenting and encouraging the ladies to give those gifts, to bless the co-worker and the sister-in-law. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with asking for constructive suggestions and trying to improve our work. There's nothing wrong with seeking feedback and trying to learn from others so that we can continually grow in our art. But if we don't share it, We can't grow, and we certainly can't inspire others or bring joy to them when we give them something that we've created. 
So friends, perfectionism, this not good enoughitis, this fear of not measuring up, wants to steal our creativity and our joy. It's a thief that wants to keep us from trying, to keep us from finishing, and to keep us from sharing. But we can overcome it. We can stop comparing ourselves to impossible standards. Forget the idea of perfect. Forget the idea of Pinterest-worthy. Forget trying to be exactly like someone else. We can commit to creating, to enjoying the process, no matter what the outcome is. And we can remember the immeasurable value of a gift that's made with love. And we can remind ourselves that all of us can share in the important work of inspiring and encouraging one another. Thanks for listening to the Crafting and Coffee Podcast with Amy Latta Creations. For more inspiration, check out amylattacreations.com.